This is Lainey Guy with the Slave is Lender podcast. Um, today we're going to talk about the Book of Ruth. Um, this topic uh, was super interesting to watch God like work through me a little bit within the last couple weeks to prepare for today. Um, so I hope I can do this podcast justice. Okay, so we're going to just dive in deep. Um my daughter, part of my daughter's name is Ruth, and it's super funny that I haven't done a study on the book of Ruth until now, um, shamely, but uh, I wrote a prayer for our baby girl before we knew she was a girl, um, and with each of our babies, we don't find out the gender, <laughs> so we wait until we have the baby to figure out, like, you know, boy or girl, whatever the case is, so... Um, Boy or girl. There's only two cases, boy or girl. So we wait until we figure, until we have them, and that's, it is what it is. Um, we don't do the gender reveal stuff, none of that, which maybe, okay, so I do want feedback on this. Maybe I'm being robbed of that experience. Um, so if I am blessed with another child one day, not to say that, you know, soon will be the day, but if I am one day, like, what are, like, those of you that have done both, not find out, and then find out and have a gender reveal, like, what was your thought processes, like, with each experience? Like, I am super curious to hear this, and this is going on a total tangent, but, um, so I'm usually, like, pretty impatient. Um, my husband is the one who, like, loves to wait until we have our babies, and it is a super cool experience, guys, like, not knowing what you have and then you like house this human being for nine months 10 months really whatever the case is a freaking long time you house this human being for a long time and then you like don't have expectations and you really just surrender to that day and like what you know you have to because you have no choice um but like It's the coolest experience because at that moment, first of all, you're so tired, I feel like, from, like, the day and the adrenaline and the motions and the pushing and the, all of the things. And then, like, you have this child and you could care less what gender this child is. You're just, like, the child is healthy, the child is perfect, like, like, you want all of the essential things, like, is the child okay? I'm one of those people... Gosh, I'm about to create such a controversial, like, podcast, I feel like. I'm one of those people where I'm like, hey, check my baby out, clean my baby off before you give me my baby. Um, I know, like, um, maybe, like, that lack of skin to skin for, like, 20 seconds uh, messed them up. I don't really know. I highly doubt it. But um, I'm like, check my baby out. Make sure my baby's okay. Like, don't give my baby, like, I don't... Like, all the, like, white stuff, and there's a technical medical term for that white stuff, but I don't know what it is. Um, all the blood, like, just just check it out for a minute before you give me the child. So, like, you know, they clean, suction, and then they lay this baby. Um, my baby's on me, and my first baby, I was so um, stupid <laughs> and naive. I just was shallow when I first got married. I don't know if that's like a thing to say. 
Um, but yeah, looking back on my life when I first got married and I got pregnant, I just was dumb. Um, like I wanted a girl. I was like, um, I prayed for this baby. I was expecting the baby to look a certain way. And the baby came out looking exactly like my husband. (laughs) And I thought, so my sweet husband, um, our love story is so bizarre. And I will tell you like separately away from this podcast platform, at least for my mental sake, it was bizarre. Probably his was not. Um, so long story short, we got married very quickly. I ended up getting, having pregnant, getting pregnant with Beckett with child, um, my first. And then I like was just in shock. I don't know if anybody else felt that, but I was in shock and then I was sick and then I housed this child and it came out looking exactly like his daddy. And I just fell in love immediately with this baby. I think I had so much fear, like, for the lack of connection, um, like, that I wouldn't feel connected to the child once I had the baby. I don't know why. I just feared that I would have this baby and, like, I would not feel connected. Like, my motherly instincts wouldn't kick in because I had a lot of life changes at one time. So I think that for me, like I was just, anyway, I'm on a tangent. I'm going to circle this back. Okay. Long story short, I prayed a certain prayer for each child before they were born and for a specific personality. So for those of you that know me know that like I have my prayers written down before I like even at conception and I'm like, God, this is the personality trait. This is what I pray for my child. This is what I hope my child is to become. And this is the prayer I wrote down for our second, which ended up being a girl. So free-spirited, independent, have a natural discernment. Let the baby love him or her, meaning God, with all of their heart. Think outside the box, fearless, but easygoing, healthy. And as I was reading the book of Ruth, because our daughter, part of our daughter's name has the book, you know, has Ruth in it. Um, Her name's Ruthie Reese. So, uh... She's named after my grandma partially, and then I really love the name Ruthie um, uh, because of Seventh Heaven, shamely, you know, when I was little. Anyway, I've had that name picked out since I was uh, a teenager, a teenager, whatever you want to call it. Um, as I read Ruth, um, the book of Ruth, though, I'm like, wow, I think my daughter possibly could have some qualities. Um, Ruth was pretty strong-willed and my daughter, she is, once she gets something in her head, like she goes for it. She just goes for it. She's not really worried about the repercussions. She doesn't care about anybody else's feelings. Like she's like, okay, we're rolling, we're going. Um, so basically, um, I was like, dang, Ruth demonstrates being so strong-willed. When Naomi tells her, like, hey, like, you know, I'm going to go to my, uh, the land where my family is, you know, I'm going to go back to Bethlehem it is, I believe. Um, Ruth was like, I'm coming with you. She's like, we have no reason to. Like, you know, my son died, your husband died, like, you have no connection to me, you need to go live your life. And Ruth was not having it. Uh, Ruth, um... As you read, you realize that Ruth's upbringing was way different than what she married into. 
Um, I realized that how she grew up was probably, uh, (laughs) um, she probably, she was probably surrounded by evil. Um, her biological religion, I guess you can say from what I've studied, um, she is, uh, was surrounded by somebody that worshiped idols, surrounded by people that just weren't of God. So I think she saw some qualities probably just from me, you know, overanalyzing, um, and Naomi and her husband. And she was like, this is exactly what I want. Um, this is what I want to cling to. I don't care about my biological family. I am going to cling to the people that I know love me and that's all I know and that's all I'm going to do. And she really just ran with that. And as you read, I'm kind of paraphrasing the book of Ruth. I encourage you to go back and read it. So this is, these, um, segments that I do are really just to fire you up so you can go back and study. So, um, I would love to hear your own take on it as you study, but, um, her husband dies and she just clings to her mother-in-law and she's like, no, I'm going to go with you. And then the verse that's famous in the book of Ruth is where you go, I will go where you stay, I will stay. And then there's a second part that people don't really quote all the time, but your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. That second part is super just, uh, imperative that you kind of tune into because she is making a statement saying, no, I'm, I'm dying to my previous religion. Your God is my God. I'm going to follow you. And this is, you are my family. Um, she, she was part of an interracial or intermarriage at the time. So she didn't marry, like, you know, she married of a different religion. Uh, it doesn't say different race in the Bible. Really. I don't believe, uh, for the scholars out there that study this super deeply, you can tune in. Um, but she would be considered like an intermarriage in today's time. So she was pretty bold. Like she didn't go with the grain. She, I think, recognized some probably traumatic tendencies growing up. And she was like, you know, I'm going to tear, I'm going to steer away from that trauma. Um, you'll see that I believe her sister Opa married, um, did something, married similar into the family as well. Um, but Ruth really took the reins on everything and you can kind of, you can kind of see that. So she beat it to her own drum, but she knew the difference between good and evil. It doesn't, it implies that throughout scripture. If you study the backstory of Ruth and how her upbringing was, was, and, and what she chose to cling, cling to. Um, I wonder like too, like I really, it doesn't really say like how tight Ruth was with God, like with her daily like walk. Did she pray? Did she study? But like she almost has this natural discernment through text that's super interesting. Girls too are super intuitive. So like the more you study Ruth and like Naomi, you realize like they're they're very like <laughs> Naomi's a natural matchmaker throughout scripture. Ruth, um, they go during a barley festival to the new land because the land that they were in where so much grief happened with the deaths of their husbands um, was undergoing a famine. And it says that at the beginning of the scripture. So they go into this new land and they go while they're having barley festival. Well, during the barley festival time, you had 
workers and owners all like kind of gazing the land, right? Ruth knew that, I think. I mean, it was pretty well known as far as like what type of season it was. So she was like, I'm just going to go pick a field and work in it. I think Home Girl was scoping it out. She was like, you know what, I'm going to go figure out if I can, you know, meet somebody, not meet somebody new, but, but figure out what God has for me in my next steps. I think that's maybe what she was considering thinking. I don't know. God may have given her some insight, discernment, doesn't really say. Um, but like Naomi kind of like coaches her, like, especially when she meets Boaz in this field and Boaz, like she already has a great reputation in the land because they talk about like how significant she was. Um, they talk about how significant she was throughout scripture as far as like her reputation. Um, at the time, and as I was studying and I'm paraphrasing this, the way that the city was built, you had these gates, okay? So it's almost like you had news reporters at this gate of the city. And then anybody that entered in, like, you're they're, they're getting the 411 to be able to report back to other people. It's like a, it's a natural, like, news talk show, I guess you can say, as you're entering the city. So, like, they, they know, plus Naomi had such a good had a family basis like Naomi's family was Boaz so there was talk that Ruth like her husband died that she didn't stay with a biological family she's clinging to her mother-in-law there you know it shows her loyalty her bravery it shows all the things and these people are talking about it Boaz is talking about it Boaz recognizes it and she finds he finds favor within Ruth Um, and you can, you can see that as he's talking to Ruth, like he's scoping her out a little bit. He's also telling the other workers, don't touch her. He's telling her like who to cling to, like as she's scouring, you know, you know, going, mingling through the field. She's saying, he's telling her how to be safe. He's, he's showing favor upon her. So as you read scripture, it progresses to where Boaz is like, I'm going to take Ruth as my wife. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Ruth's wife. And he was super strategic about it. This family is a mastermind. Like Naomi was strategic about how Ruth was to woe Boaz as far as like, you know, laying at his feet and I need you to do this and wait until he's drank and had dinner and I need you to have, wait at this opportunity and this is exactly what I need you to do. And, and Naomi's like scripting Ruth's love story and Ruth is listening she's like yes ma'am yes ma'am yes ma'am I'm gonna do that so there's a respect there's a natural respect for Ruth before she enters even meets Boaz just based off of her reputation um so it's crazy to me it's so crazy that that you know Ruth is a a just a perfect example that she was at the right place at the right time and Naomi recognized that took advantage of it and was like I'm gonna take care of Ruth I got her back she is gonna become my family and sure enough she married into Boaz and uh, married married Boaz Boaz was strategic about going in for uh, coming forth of the council saying hey I want to purchase this land and because I'm purchasing this land I also get everything that comes with it which is Ruth and Naomi like he was very strategic at pitching it and then being like also I'm gonna get x y and z (laughs) after they said yes and I thought that was so funny because I do that at work I'm like if I need a file to work I'm like 
go to our operations manager and I'm like, hey, um, here's how I think this file could work. And then I get my yes. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And then X, Y, and Z uh, also is going to come along with the file. So like I'll get my yes and then I'll like plead my case super heavily based off of guidelines. And then I'll like say, okay, but here's all the other stuff that I didn't mention as well to it. So at least I have a case, right? So I saw Boaz do that, and I'm like, that's hilarious. He was super strategic, super strategic. Um, But what I've learned is there was an extreme tragedy that happened, right? Um, I mean, with Ruth, with with Naomi, super tragedy, tragedy, and... Naomi goes as far as saying, like, I'm no longer Naomi. I'm actually Mara, which means bitter, because she's like, I have really nothing to look forward to. Everything that I've loved is loved is done. You know, it's almost like a my, her husband, her kids, like, that's terrible. But then her actions speak differently than what she's saying, because she does have a sense of hope and faith to go through this traumatic experience and then pick up and then leave, which that she may have been forced to leave because of the famine at the time and she just didn't see any prosperity there so she's like okay I'm good I have to leave but I mean it takes some faith you've gone through some traumatic things what you want to do is recluse I mean I don't really know uh what the reaction would be those of that have gone through some serious grief like I would love to hear like how you processed it like what that means um anyway that's just my side note but she she demonstrated some faith I think by just getting up going to another land, bringing Ruth with her. And then she found some hope along the way as she started to become almost as like this matchmaker. Um, so if you read my ebook this week, um, the application, I kind of went on a tangent a little bit, but Satan, like he's prowling, like he's trying to figure out when we're weak. He's trying to figure out how to derail us when God's will is at work. And there's something super important about being able to recognize when Satan's on the prowl and when he's working through other people, maybe even good people that you love to derail you from God's will. And the only way we're going to be able to recognize God's will is if we study scripture so we can learn God's character. So I get the emphasis that I want to place this week for you guys is dive into the word, study God's will, study God's character, because that's going to determine and put your footsteps one in front of the other as far as what aligns with scripture and what decisions you need to be making in your personal life. You also need to be able to recognize when Satan is there to derail. Okay, I cannot emphasize that enough. You need to be able to recognize when Satan is there to derail. And If you're able to vocalize, recognize it earlier as it's happening at the start, it's so much easier to get through trials and temptations that come our way. So much easier. A lot of the people that I've asked, um, how do you know God's will for your life? And I've done a different podcast on this before. Um, How do you know God's will? Like, how do you know, like, what, like, you know, some people open up a fortune cookie or see a butterfly or a cardinal or a red bird fly by and they're like, that's God's will because I saw a sign. You have to be super careful with that. Um, I think 
that those things can bring comfort for sure. So I'm not mitigating those things. But but when it comes to life decisions or big decisions such as what Ruth and Naomi walked, what you want to do is you've got to be able to understand God's character, what the scripture says, and put yourself in alignment with scripture to be able to figure out, okay, this is what God truly has for me with 100% confidence. So you're not constantly looking for signs. You know, our house has been on the market for six months. A lot of people are like, well, maybe it's a sign that you shouldn't like move at this time. But from studying God's word for the last year and a half, two years, I'm like, I know what God has spoken to me. I know what his scripture says. And this house does not align with his scripture based off of our financial position. So therefore, I'm going to stay true to what I know and I'm going to choose to stay steadfast. That was a choice that I made, but I could have easily had the house six months on the market and pulled it off and said, oh, this just may not be God's will because we're not getting a concrete offer that I feel like that we need. If I would have pulled the house on the market, I don't think God's will could have been at play. And I'll keep you tuned on that in different podcasts, podcasts as my life progresses, but I've had some great progress with that side of my th- that side of things. And and I've, I see God's handiwork at work. And I'm like, if I wouldn't have studied, I would have missed what he had. The end. I would have missed what he's at, had. There was something, I'm going to leave you guys with this too. Because this is something I don't have an answer for. Almost like a cliffhanger. But uh, I had a friend of mine that told me, because uh, we, as we're talking about finances, I want you guys to kind of tune into this. Um, I had a friend tell me, Lainey, God's math doesn't make sense. And if you're listening to this holler, because uh, I would love you to come back and do a segment on a podcast about this so we you can elaborate. But I was going through some financial struggles at one point and she was like, surrender it to God and God's math doesn't make sense. And I was like, eh, you know what? I don't really know what that means. And I have started to see God unfold. You know, when we do the 90% of the work and we do everything we possibly can, it's so cool to watch God intercede and work and put pieces together unexpectedly, even financially with ways you didn't understand how he was going to do it. So I have seen that, the beginnings of that, and I would love to share with you guys as my life progresses this year, like what he's doing and how that actually works and what she meant by that. I'm going to pull her in maybe to do a podcast on it, but uh, yeah, I'm going to leave you guys with that. Um, In our Bible study, we're doing budgeting, the beginning of budgetings. I'm going to teach you how to do a budget, um, how to save uh, some tips and tricks that I do as far as self-control and like what that means, some mindset tactics and all of the things. So um, if you're around to join us at the, it's normally at the whistle stop on Fridays at 9:30. Um, please do. I build each week. So I do a recap of the previous week and then I really just meet you where you're at. So if you miss some weeks, then I'll, I'll back it up two or three weeks to make sure that you understand, but we'd love to have you. I appreciate you listening. Thanks so much.